on today's episode. These, the pandemic, the protests, the political aspects, everybody has been beat down from being their happy, normal selves. They see all this negativity. And it's like, how do you combat that? You either fall victim to it where you become that darker shade of gray, or we figure out how to fight it. We become firefighters, put our extinguishers on. In a world where corruption, lies, and hate hang over our heads like a dark storm cloud on a winter's night, the only hope for a new day is the age of authenticity. Join me for season four as we go on a mission to help 100 million people break out of isolation and into acceptance. We're going to come alongside visionary entrepreneurs, change makers, and thought leaders. We're going to crack this code together. An array of light and an age of authenticity is upon us. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Christopher Decker, for another episode of The Age of Authenticity. Now, for this season four, I've really been exploring what happens once you start to share that authentic self in your life, in business. And something I've noticed, and this has been a recurring theme, is when people fall to their bottom, God will put them flat on their back and they have no choice but to look up. And I think that story is true for John Paul today. John, thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you for having me on the show, Chris. I really, I love what you're doing. I love the message that you're putting out with the age of authenticity. In business, success is defined by many things, but I think when you're able to be your authentic self and you're able to be humble, realizing that God is the creator and that we are not in control of anything, then you're able to carry yourself differently and also have different relationships that way where clients now are not just in it for business with me, we're in it for uh, a life relationship. And that's what I love. So you're in it for a life relationship with your clients. Has it always been that way? No. Maybe take us through your story. No. So a long time ago, it was just about the money, right? It's I grew up and I had these innate traits that were very, that can be used for good or bad. So for instance, if I'm really good with my mouthpiece, I can manipulate you. I can, I can deceive you to get what I want. I can say what you want to hear because I'm smart enough to understand how to get the end game. And it was all to get... The truth for me, it was about money, right? I just wanted to be able to get this deal done so I could conquer this deal and make a bunch of money from it. But I started realizing that if you don't nurture the relationship the right way with the, the first thing being respecting the person in which you're actually representing or doing business with, then... Mm -hmm the money may be here for a season. You may win the battle, but lose the overall war. The overall war should be having a client for life that always calls you when they need something. So that's what we are, by the way, we're problem solvers. Uh, business owner has a problem. They have a problem getting paid for work that they did, or they have a problem with some guy billing them wrongly through a disputed situation, or they want to start a business or whatever their kid, they have a problem with the IRS, they come to us and they bring us their most high level problems. And there's a sense of trust through that, that they know that you're the right guy to do it because you're doing it because you care so much about them. So a lot of what I teach to all my sales guys is make a part of the phone call and it's intentional to ask them about how they're doing, how's their family doing, right? Remembering things about them, we're about to have a meeting here in an hour and a half, and we had a strategy meeting this morning 
about the life of the father of this guy who he took the son took over the father's business, but the father just died April of 2020. So we got to read all about the father and everything that he built and everything he was about. And so we can really relate to the son and talk to him and get to know the son like we knew the father. Yeah, I think it's a huge part of our relationships, Chris, to to get to know the person in which we're doing business with, because at the end of the day, they're all just human beings like we are. And there's a way that makes them tick. And I want to get to know that about everybody that I'm talking to. So there's a couple of interesting points in there is that you're looking to create clients and relationships for life as a problem solver in probably some of the most high touch problems you can solve when it comes to finances and money, you've now applied those gifts towards service. And it sounds like you're building those relationships, just the level of research that you're putting into your meeting in an hour and a half, your average person doesn't do that level of research coming into that kind Mm -hmm. of meeting. And I think that's what makes you different. So I'm not going to try and paint this picture any different other than what I found to be the most effective approach to relationships. Eventually it all has an end game. If it makes dollars, it makes sense. I teach that every day in our lives. So if it makes more sense for me initially on a surface level to, to know my client better, to ask them those questions personally, and to really some people call me invasive sometimes like i'm really asking about why they are the way they are and hey are you always this way i'm always trying to get into their heads and a lot of clients would probably say that if you wrote if you had them write a synopsis of their relationship with me it's way more than business in fact i've found out over the course of years that it's not about which sometimes chris it's about who and they have to like you to do business with you whether or not you can provide something good or not is irrelevant sometimes it's really rather about do they like you and are, are you somebody they can they can talk to and open up to so right no like trust and and trust is a really big factor someone told me recently i, I was on a, a call with them and i'm describing Uh, this concept of trust. And they said, Chris, I got a big piece of news for you right now. You want to write this down? I'm like, okay, it's on on my wall over here. He said, God trusts Chris more than Chris will ever understand. Mm. God trusts me more than I will ever understand. God loves me more than I'll ever understand. See, in order to, in order to receive that gift of trust, I, I have to trust others too. And becoming trustworthy is giving away that trust. And asking about yourself and who you are and how you want to make an impact, this concept of being born again, being a believer and being a man of faith has come up a lot for you. So I was wondering if we could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, in business, again, just using IQ to to really flaunt God in front of somebody that you don't know believes in God or not. It could be the equivalent of casting pearls in front of swine. And you don't really want to get into that business of, that possible controversial topic. But Mm. rather, if I use fundamental principles that are in the Bible and the way in which I go about my relationship and the way in which I do the deal, such as we're always gonna do the right thing, honesty, integrity, trust. These are things that are literally laid out throughout the Bible and how God calls us to be. And if we're always making those decisions, if, if your client comes to you in an opportunistic way and you could get away with it, this thing, whatever, and you're always telling them the right thing, the above reproach response, then they realize that's just who you are. And they always eventually want to do business with you because you're telling them 
this way. And then they come to you. And then there's a time down the road where they come to you and go, why do you operate in the way that you do? And that's when I'm able to tell them the story of my relationship with God, that God created me. I am not the inventor. I am trying to be used by God in certain ways. And one of those ways, Chris, is to be able to love people and to get to know people, his people. And a lot of people have this misinterpretation of what a relationship with God is. And I'm not saying I'm any better off than anyone. I'm just saying I've talked to enough people now that I trust, that I feel are really walking by the spirit, not by the world's way that they, you know, that we all get called to because that's what we see in society. And I really feel like it's worked, right? Like that not only is my relationship with God on a more crisp, clear path than it ever has been, but I'm also able to lead others by them watching me. It's not about what I teach. And that's what I'm learning. And I'll give my wife all the kudos for that. She told me with raising our children, it's caught and I taught. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Because at, at the end of the day, I'm still a stubborn guy who understands on my time. But caught and I taught means I can tell my children a hundred times not to do this thing and to do this. But it, it's, it actually absorbs. It's something that they actually start to do when they watch the father do it. So now I have to watch how I'm acting around my children all the time, which is really good to, to always have these boundaries in which you need to be a little bit more pure, especially around your children. We should all be that way, but it creates uh, it creates like a, a leash where I feel like I need to be this for my children. Yeah, caught not taught, man. When you act a certain way all the time and your employees who are, by the way, sitting right here watching, when they see you act this way in front of people, when you treat them this way, when they see you treat your family in a way that God would say is pleasing to him, then I feel like other people want to do it. It's infectious. It's contagious. It's it. It's good. It, I think we're all searching for this thing. And that's what is the purpose for me in this life? And how do I fill in and fit into these this role that I'm supposed to be? And I think a lot of it has to be is how do I respond to all this negativity in this world and still be able to feel like I'm happy, right? I'm pleasing God through it all. Because just because you believe in God and have God in your life, Chris, doesn't mean that negative things don't come your way. In fact, I would tell you now, it's even harder now that when you start doing good things for God and you're increasing the kingdom by activities or relationships or helping other people to do good things for God. Uh, if God exists, the devil exists too, that he's trying to deter you and throw blocks and, and obstacles in your way to take you from, from what you're doing. And, and the point is this, is that if you work solely as an individual on in your relationship with God directly, and you make sure he's happy with the way you're conducting yourselves, it takes away this problem that we have in this society where we look for other people to give us, to please us. I want to make this person happy because if you put your trust and your faith in somebody else, even me to my wife, and I'm relying on her all for my happiness, eventually I will be let down because she can't fill all the holes that I have as a man in my life. But guess who I want to please? I want to please God the Father. And then if God the Father is happy with me, I can take that person into my home and be that person to my wife and my children and my employees. And then it creates a wildfire. It's like a, you, you ever seen those pyramid schemes, the, the Amways of the world from back in the day? It took one to turn into two to four. To, it's the same way this principle applies, that if we're on 
if we're only surrounding ourselves with people that are trying to do the will of God and to do the right things, right? And really running with them. If we're uh, talking every day with people about the same things that eventually they take that into their homes and they show it to their children. And then it becomes 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000. And that's what I'm saying. We can do that. We, it's all about intentional way that you live. So I'm really getting good now of not letting this business of making money because we have to pay bills rule me. I don't want to be ruled anymore by it. I want to run it in which I can still bring God to all of it through it all, which is why we started doing charity, by the way. I really found myself being in this business, Chris. Every month gets by, you're working to cover all the overhead, but at the end of the month, the ride stops and you start over at zero on the first day of next month. And when you do that for 20 years, the same way, it's very easy for it to become monotonous and maybe not as pleasing as it once was. So now I throw in things all over the place of, of giving back. We want to take a percentage of all of our money and we want to go do good things for other people. We want to, we want to spread God wherever we go. So I, I like to be Jesus in all those places. And I like to have my employees and everybody in my life do it as well, too. I take them all with me. So next Friday, by the way, is that next Friday, guys? February 12th, we are actually getting a semi-truck full, the whole container in the back full of food for Valentine's Day. I have people flying into town. We're going to go deliver this truck full of food to the North Carolina Food Bank that's in major need of food, like uh, supplies and things like that. And we're going to go down there together and just do it together as a group and go do something good for our local community. What better way can you celebrate Valentine's Day than showing love to your community? Just doing cool things like that, like making those the focal point of all this hard work we're doing that, hey, we make this much money now, the quantifier isn't, well, we made this much profit bottom line. No, now it's, hey, we can do two trucks next month. You know what I'm saying? No, I love it. And I, I just think it renewed my, my passion for what I do, that if now we're quantifying the algorithm is, the more money we make, the more we can give away. That's a great thing. And now it makes me want to work even harder. Yeah. Sorry. I just ran for three minutes straight. I apologize. Man. So. Tell me more about giving and some of the other ways that you've given back. Yeah, dude, we have done. So I really sometimes misinterpret some things. When we were doing the charity at first, I really had a problem with pride. And I really realized that you can lose yourself when you're giving to so many places. And when you go there, they treat you like you're a celebrity. And like the, the stardom of it all like threw me off. And I realized that I was losing the reason it was like, I really wanted to focus for all the reasons why we were doing what we we're doing was to go to God, like to glory to him. And that we're just being used as vessels to go do it. And really, so we took it all down and then we put it back up again, where I'm able to, now the direction is we like to give money to other people to let them to go do good things. And them sending videos from their certain areas where now we've able to make an impact through the monetary aspect of it, but we've let some other person go create some sort of storm in their area and then send us a video proof of that. And we did that in multiple cities last year. We did it in Nepal, the country of Nepal. Like, how did we get there? I met a guy in the church who he uh, sends money to these guys that take in orphan children on the streets there. These people's kids, their kids uh, are alone walking the streets with no government person even looking at them. They don't have the same kind of supporting services there. So these people take in orphan kids on the road. We pay their rent all of last year. We paid it again this year. I pay for a couple of guys on the University of North Carolina, Charlotte campus 
pay for their monthly living expenses so that they can be on that campus full-time talking to the next generation of young men to try and get them involved with Christ. Miami, Florida, I'm chairman of the board for a handicap foundation. My best friend from high school is a quadriplegic, and now he's starting to be a part of that organization. So we helped them do a Christmas event this last year. We did uh, 622 turkeys for Thanksgiving for communities in Dallas, DeSoto. I got, no, I got video and pictures of all this. I just don't want to inundate you on all that. We've done 45 events since 2017. And it could be a, something as small as we've rented out a pizza joint and had free pizza. We put up flyers around the whole neighborhood, had roses and a jazz band for all the moms to come in and eat for free and just tell them, hey, this is a thankless job. We thank you for raising our next community. And just giving back for no other reason and using that for fuel. And to be honest with you, it's the only way that I can really wake up and, and do what I do every single day is knowing that this next deal we get done, we're able to go help these guys. And I want to do that the rest of my life. We have been, we talk strategy meetings all the time about how we can delegate all of our work to other businesses that do what we do so that we can just become essentially brokers, create more freedom for ourselves so we can travel. My, my end goal or dream is to be able to travel to all of these churches, like a modern day revival guy and go to all these churches and rustle them up and get them on fire again for God, because that's the one thing I see right now. Protest, the political aspects, everybody has been beat down from being their happy, normal selves. They see all this negativity and it's like, how do you combat that? You either fall victim to it where you become that darker shade of gray, or we figure out how to fight it. We become firefighters, put our extinguishers on. And we go out there and we spread love and we spread a way to combat all that negativity with positivity. And that's the one thing I see in all the churches. I go to a lot of churches and I see a lot of people just sitting there and not really. If we're in there praising God, I think we talked about this on the phone the other day. It's like we should be going in there, running there because we get to go praise our God. And we really change the way that we think about things. Then, man, there's just freedom in all of it, man. It's We can be handcuffed by this life and we don't even know it. Or we can be on fire and run for God and live that way and show it to everybody around us that way. So, yeah. That's a, that is an amazing, amazing story. And you're living that dream. God has placed this dream on your heart and, and you're living it every day. How many of us have walked in to a church and think to ourselves, this kind of feels like a business, mm -hmm. but how many businesses have we walked into and says, wow, this kind of feels like a church. <laughs> And in many ways, that feels like what you're yeah. doing. And, and to talk about the dreams, are there any other dreams that God's placed on your heart that you're hoping come into? The truth is, that's why we're going to start this podcast and you're going to help me with it. Okay. Because I feel like the things that I'm learning through experience and by reading and by talking so much about it daily that I'm really coming up with, not that I have any better solution than The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. First of all, I love that book, especially for people that are brand new to the faith or, or really considering the faith. Purpose Driven Life can be read multiple different times. I'm, I don't work for the guy, so this isn't some advertisement, but I really, so I don't know if I'm gonna write better books than that. But what I saw a hole in is I'm trying to write this book right now that gives people like you or me or anybody else reading it, real fundamental hands-on approaches to what they tell you in these books, because that's the one thing that's missing. It's you need to dumb it down for me sometimes. So it's very easy for you to tell me in this book that I need to be, doing this or this or read this. And, and then all of a sudden I'm gonna enjoy the awesome transformation through reading that. No, it's like, all right, 
get do me a favor go on google this right call them and tell them you need help and want to be a part of some community and then like really giving men first i cater to men mostly because i am a man but i don't ever want to exclude women from what i'm offering but there's a lot of people chris and their lives that are spinning their wheels and they'll live their whole lives and never understand what they're living for. Man, I'm telling you, it's horrible. It's I talk to all these people and they, you know what they say to me all the time, Chris? They say, one day I want to do this, or I always wanted to do this. The things you talk about are so inspirational talking to me. I always wanted to be a part of something like that. Or my story before I got involved with things was, it's very easy in this time to be stuck in our homes and think about wanting to get out and create enough anxiety or fear that you would like to keep you in the doors where you're not really doing anything. You're just, we become what we don't want to be. And that's, we wake up, we brush our teeth, we get our coffee, we eat, we go to work, we come home, we relax, we say hi to our family, we watch our show for three or four hours, whatever it is, and we go to bed and we do it again every single day. And you're like, there has to be more than this in life. Like I've thought of that a thousand times with my family. Oh my gosh, what could we be doing? Oh man, I do it now. And that's what I love. It's let's get out. Let's go get uncomfortable, honey. We're going to go meet all these people. We don't know them. It's probably going to be a little weird, but let's just go get involved and get invasive with some people. And that's not for everybody. My wife's an introvert. So what does she bring to that? She, she's my equalizer. So imagine you got me walking in and creating a little chaos. And then my wife's the quiet lady over here. Like she's very detailed OCD. She'll be getting drinks for everybody. And it's just a perfect combination. That's what I'm saying. It's like getting out and getting to know people because people are the way they are because they probably most of them didn't have God in their lives. And that's what I'm realizing is that I know a lot of people. This is so important. I'm telling you this. I know a lot of people that claim to know God and they have no idea about God. You sit there and talk to them and you get a little bit more invasive past the surface level conversation and you start getting deeper into why their faith is what it is. A lot of times it's just what their parents told them or their friend told them or this. And there are real keys to that answer, that relationship, not only in the Bible, but there's God wants a personal relationship with everybody. And when somebody told me that and really held my hand, not literally, figuratively held my hand to show me what that was like. Now mm -hmm. I can't imagine like what a dark, depressing world without God in it. And I want to show that to people because there's so many miserable people. There's so many miserable people and they just act like they're happy because everybody else is. And they're posting on Facebook because everybody else is. And kudos to them. I guess that's how they handle that. But that's just a band-aid on a problem that's going to get bigger. You Eventually, you come to a, road, a, a, a stop in the road and you go, I need, what is it? Where is, what is the purpose of this? Are we supposed to be on this mouse wheel for the rest of our lives just doing this and that's it? No. God created you. He created you for a purpose. And your job in this life is to go figure out what that purpose is. That's why I love that book, by the way because it really gets to the point. It gets to the crux of the problem. It gets to the, we need to figure out what the heck we're here for, man. And we have some, we should have some urgency about it. Everything else is a distraction. So I really believe that. Finding our purpose is not some thing that's meant to happen far distant in the future. Following Jesus is not something that happens in between brushing our teeth, checking Facebook, watching three or four more shows on Netflix and clocking in for eight hours. F 
following Jesus means dropping everything you're doing right now and following Jesus and taking action. It is not one more episode. Mm -hmm. It is let me go right now. Let me follow you this very mm -hmm. second. It said that when he, it said that a farmer will drop his plow and completely walk away. These will be signs that he has come back. Following Jesus is leaving those ways behind that monotony, that grind, that 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 hamster wheel that you know is not what you were meant to live for it means giving that up yeah. and searching for a new path i'm so happy for this conversation today yeah. with john paul do you have any closing thoughts anything that you want to bring to the surface just really loving what you're putting out there the age of authenticity allows a person watching this to understand that we all have walls and those walls are created out of necessity. If you think about it and you look at the person, everybody has a story. I raised this wall because my father didn't love me enough when I was a child and I had to. I raised this wall because this girl cheated on me and now I will never be the same person after that experience unless I really go back and address that. And we all have these walls that need to be broken down, man and really become the vulnerable person that we should be because God is our creator. And we look up to him and say, Lord, use me for what I am and please forgive me for all this way. I, I didn't understand this. So I'm still going to God, even though God's about forgiveness saying, because what I am, somebody told me one time I got really upset because they told me, even though I, they saw me acting this way, this really good way and the way that I conduct myself, not just in private, by the way, it's in, it's in public, it's the same way wherever I am, I really feel it's the most consistent it's been. My buddy said, you're maladaptive. And I said, what? And he goes, I said, why are you calling me bad? Because I knew a little Latin enough to be scary. Mal meaning bad. Maladaptive means that most of us are this way. We see we didn't find God or understand what it was to walk in the spirit until some point in our life. So we lived our whole life up until that point based on what was given to us. I grew up in a home with no God. My parents didn't believe. I grew up according to the world society, the yacht club people that we grew up next to, and it was all wrong. So we come up with these ideas as young children into teenagers that this is just the way things are. And then now I've become this new creature. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior in my life, and I walk different, I talk different, but I still always go back initially, subconsciously, without thought, the way that I used to think in the world's way. And we all are, we all have that, we all have that in us and realizing that it is the most refreshing thing ever that it's just proof of the glory of God. It's like, I have this ability. I can always be this way, the way I was. And now I choose to be this way, the narrow way, right? The way that God calls me to be. And somebody said that to me as well too. It's we should all acknowledge what we could do and glory, the glory in God is when we don't do that and we do it what he wants us to do. We all have choices. We have choices of what we want to make of ourselves. I want this name to mean something. Proverbs 22, one, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. I want my name to stand for something good in this life, not for pride's sake, but for an example's sake that you, this guy, John Paul was relatable to me. He was once like me at some point in my life, I've been everything. And that's why I'm the chameleon I am today and that it's not unattainable. Just like it's not unattainable to go make a difference in this world across the country, across the world. So we've been able to touch Nepal, the Philippines, Mexico, like just by intentionality, right? Is we all have decisions to make what we're going to do with our next day. We are not guaranteed tomorrow. We could, the truth is, and that's, 
that sh should be so real to people is we could be gone tomorrow because we're called. Mm -hmm. So why would we not do the best with today? I don't know. I just, people say that have been around me now for months, maybe the last couple of years, I've been talking exactly like this. And like, are you always like that? And the answer is yes. I finally feel I'm doing the right things with most aspects of my life. I'm not perfect. Only Jesus is. I still have a battle with those things. I'm still a human being, but realizing that I now have a mission in this life and that's to go tell other people the good news of our Lord through different things. So I play tennis, I go to church, I, I do business, I make friends at coffee shops and all of it eventually gets to why I am the way I am. That's always my mission. My objective is to talk about God and to give God the glory through everything and move on to the next one. So that's it, man. Damn, dude, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. Well, yeah. Now, where can we find you? Where, where do you want people to find you right now? What's the best place to get more of John? Honestly, bro, I think we need to set up an email. Eventually, what I'd like to get onto is there's many people out there right now with this story, Chris. There really are that have no idea what they're supposed to be doing. I told my wife, I said, I'm a very outgoing person. I have no friends. And this was mm. a little while ago. And I'm like, man, if I'm extroverted and I don't have any friends, can you imagine people that might not be as comfortable speaking in public? So there's a lot of people in their dwellings, just hanging out with each other. They need to come out. I want to have an email with other men that want to get involved with something. And I don't care, bro, if we have to fly there and go sit with them in their living rooms and get them going, I want to do that for people. So right now we don't have the website set up, dude. We don't. We we just now met with somebody last week to get all the videos and pictures catalog for all our events so that we have somewhere to lead people to on the podcast or Sheepdog or whatever. But I don't have that yet, man. So my cell phone, so if anybody, my email, my if cell If anybody phone, is listening... Yeah. If anybody's listening, you need to get you need to get in touch with John Paul. You know how to get in touch with me. Send me a message, and then I will connect the two of yeah. you. Yeah, that's a promise. Yeah, tell them. I, hey, whoever's watching this, I will come there. We will sit there and we will figure out how to make a difference <laughs> in your community. Yes, I am crazy. Everything I say, I do. I don't talk. I walk. So if you're watching this right now and you feel like some of this story resonates with you, please call me. Let's talk about it on the phone and let's figure out how we can go make a difference for God. That's it. So John Paul, part of my mission here is to connect a hundred million people with their story to help a hundred million step out of isolation mm. and into acceptance. Do you want to help me knock out a few million? I do, that? bro. I do. <laughs> I think we can. And that's what I'm saying. It sounds huge. It sounds like a marathon, a lifetime's worth. It's really not. If you really, Chris, look at Dude Perfect, those are boys that were doing cool, awesome tricks that now have 30 million followers for a reason because it was they were persistent, they were consistent, and they were intentional with the way in which they were going to go put it out. They found the right people to spread their message, and that's what we're going to do. I know enough business owners now that have huge followings, or my daughter, 17, has girls that she hangs out with that have 10 million followers. Like We put these messages out in the right forums don't get surprised, Chris, if a million followers come to start subscribing to this deal, right? Because this message that you're putting out, that you're bringing out of people like ourselves, is the only way we're going to get around what we're dealing with in this, this society today. So mm -hmm. what you're doing is so important and you need to keep it up. And 
I'll help you with that and you help me with mine. One will chase a thousand, two will chase 10,000. Let's have 10 of us chase a million, right? Come on, where are we at? We don't know what we're doing next week, so I'm ready to go right now. Just like you said on the first phone call, you're like, I'm ready tomorrow. You want to fly in? What are we going to wait till next month? I said that when I was 20, that I was going to do other things with my life. I'm 40 now. You know what I'm saying? All right, I'm 41. Let's be real. I'm 41 and I'm just now figuring all this out. Like life goes by really fast. We need to go do something today. This is Chris Decker of the Age of Authenticity podcast. Thanks for listening. If you got anything out of today's episode, rate the show. Leave a review. Send me an email, Christopher at salescast.co. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's a great place. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Take care.